This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. In the early 70s, rock music mellowed out and showed a softer side. Singer-songwriters, acoustic guitars, and sun-kissed melodies took over the airwaves, and the sound of soft rock was born. Hello, welcome to Rock and or Roll. I'm your reluctant host, BJ. And the song we just heard, you're probably familiar with it. That was a song called Jane by Jefferson Starship. It was a top 20 hit in 1979, came off the album Freedom at Point Zero, which was the first Jefferson Starship album with new singer Mickey Thomas and also the first Jefferson Starship album without Marty Balin and Grace Slick. Also, the record was produced by Ron Nevison, probably a familiar name to many of you. So a song like that, by a band like that, they were ushering in the 80s, really. And Jane is a killer hard rock song, but much of the music that Jefferson Starship made in the 70s before Jane could definitely be classified as what came to be known as soft rock. And that's our topic for today's episode, soft rock. What is soft rock? Well, according to Wikipedia, it is, quote, a style of music that uses the techniques of rock music to compose a softer, more toned-down sound. Definitely not my favorite kind of music. But I had an interesting idea for an episode. What if I take a look at the list of bands or artists commonly referred to as soft rock or lumped into that soft rock category 
all the bands and artists that you will usually see included on those three CD or five CD sets they used to sell on cable television over the years. What if I tried to find the heaviest songs by those bands? So that's the idea behind today's episode, for the most part. Heavy songs by soft bands. And really, what band symbolizes soft rock more than Air Supply? All Out of Love, The One That I Love, those songs are all right. I think the Jim Steinman song they recorded, Making Love Out of Nothing at All, that's a great song. Air Supply formed in Melbourne, Australia in 1975. The band was formed by Russell Hitchcock and Graham Russell, who had met when both were cast in the Australian production of Jesus Christ Superstar. Air Supply's first single, Love and Other Bruises, went to number two in Australia in 1976. But that single and their first self-titled album were not even released in the U.S. Subsequent albums were, but the band did not have a hit in the U.S. until their fifth album, Lost in Love, in 1980. So what is the heaviest Air Supply song? Well, there aren't many to choose from in terms of heavy But I like this song. It's from their third album, Life Support, from 1979. This is a song by Air Supply called Bring Out the Magic.
America was formed in London in 1970 by Dewey Bunnell, Dan Peake, and Jerry Beckley, and their very annoying, in my opinion, first single, "A Horse with No Name," which was just a shameless Neil Young impersonation, as far as I can tell. That song, regardless, was a number one hit in the U.S. in 1972. They would have five more top ten hits in the 70s, all pretty much mellow, acoustic, folky songs. "Lonely People" is another ludicrous Neil Young ripoff. But let's hear a reasonably heavy rocking song by America from their 1973 album Hat Trick. This one was a single as well, but it didn't even chart. This is a song by America called Green Monkey. The Moody Blues formed in Birmingham, England, in 1964. They've been called progressive rock or symphonic rock. They do show up on a lot of soft rock compilations, but they have a quite varied career. Plenty of good material, but the idea here was to play the heaviest song by the Moody Blues, and this one is from their 1970 album, A Question of Balance, which was album number six for the band, and it was. It featured an intentionally more stripped-down, less lush or psychedelic or whatever sound.、Um, I guess the idea was they wanted it to—they wanted to be able to replicate it live on stage. So this is the first song on side two of "A Question of Balance" by the Moody Blues, written by Justin Hayward. This is a song called "It's Up to You."
Chicago formed in 1967, originally called The Big Thing, a small group back then at six members. Chicago's first album was a double album, still went platinum. Obviously, Chicago show up on these soft rock comps because of some of their later pop singles. But like the Moody Blues, Chicago have a very diverse catalog. 25 or 6 to 4 might be the heaviest Chicago song, but that's too obvious. So I'm going to go with a cool song from their 1975 album, Chicago 8, written by keyboardist Robert Lamb. This is a song by Chicago called Long Time No See. Red formed in L.A. in 1968, and their first couple soft rock hits, Make It With You and If, I don't like those songs very much. They don't do much for me. But I do like the top five hits that they had in 1971 and 1972, Baby I'm a Want You and then Everything I Own, the latter of which is a brilliant song, pretty much, in my opinion. Bread did have some rocking moments. Their very first single, Dismal Day, it's a cool rock song. But let's hear what might be the heaviest song by Bread. Lots of carbs in this one. From the album called Baby I'm a Want You, this is a song by Bread called Down on My Knees. Yeah. 
Born Henry John Deutschendorf Jr. in 1943, John Denver's first album, John Denver Sings, came out all the way back in 1966. In terms of heaviness, there definitely aren't very many John Denver songs to choose from, but here's an interesting one. This is the title track from his 1970 album, which was his third album. This is a song by John Denver called Take Me to Tomorrow. Peter Frampton's Baby I Love Your Way seems to have become a soft rock staple. Frampton was just three years behind David Bowie at the same school, Bromley Technical School, and that's when he joined his first band, the Little Ravens. Then at 14, he joined a band called The Preachers, which was managed by Bill Wyman. His next band, The Herd, had a couple hits, and then in 1969, he joined Steve Marriott, fresh from the small faces, in a band called Humble Pie. So Peter Frampton definitely made some heavy music with that band. But let's hear a heavy Peter Frampton solo song from his 1972 album Wind of Change. This is a song by Peter Frampton called It's a Plain Shame.
10CC always end up on these soft rock compilations because of their 1975 top 10 hit, I'm Not In Love. But this is another band with a long history and a diverse catalog. You've got Graham Gouldman, Godly and Cream. These are creative guys. And believe it or not, their first album from 1973 actually has a lot of early glam rock elements. But I'm going to play an awesome, heavy song from their second album, Sheet Music, from 1974. Check it out. This is 10CC and Silly Love. Gilbert O'Sullivan is an Irish singer-songwriter who had a number one hit in the U.S. in 1972 with his soft rock classic, Alone Again, parentheses, Naturally. Not a song that I particularly like, but I do like a lot of Gilbert O'Sullivan's songs. In fact, he went to number two the same year, 72, with a great single called Claire. But let's hear Gilbert doing glam rock. This is a single by Gilbert O'Sullivan from 1975 called I don't love you, but I think I like you.
All right. So I want you to try to guess who sings this next song. And I want you to say your guesses out loud to yourself. Try to figure out who this next song is. It's called Flashy Lady. So, do you have some guesses? Barry Allen Pincus in Brooklyn, New York. That song was from his first self-titled album released by Arista in 1973. The album, remember it was self-titled and it's called Barry Manilow. Gary Wright was a founding member of British rock band Spooky Tooth. And he wrote a lot of the songs on their first few albums, including a song called Better By You, Better Than Me, which was later covered by Judas Priest on Stained Class and actually was the subject of a lawsuit when a couple of Judas Priest fans gave themselves haircuts with shotguns. Gary Wright is most famous for his 1975 top 10 hit Dreamweaver, but that song was from his third album. The song I'm going to play is a 1972 non-album single, And this song was actually a part of Cheap Trick's very early live set, 
circa 1975-76, Cheap Trick would do this song live. It's a song by Gary Wright called I Know. Listen to K Billy's Super Sounds of the 70s. It's my personal favorite. Jerry Rafferty was a Scottish singer-songwriter and a founding member of Steeler's Wheel, famous for Stuck in the Middle with You. But uh, Jerry Rafferty ends up on a lot of these soft rock compilations because of his sax-heavy top ten hit from 1978 called Baker Street, which, if you look it up, uh, there's a huge dispute over that song monetarily uh, by the guy that played the sax part on who came up with the sax melody, etc. It really is the hook of the song. And I guess the guy that played it, who claims he wrote that sax uh, melody, didn't make very much money off of it. Baker Street, I guess I kind of like it, but I don't know. 
not a huge fan. There, there is a lot of good Jerry Rafferty stuff, though. I have his solo records, and um, you know, it's not bad. It's not bad stuff. I'm gonna play a very cool song from Rafferty's 1971 album. It's an album called "Can I Have My Money Back," and this is a song by Jerry Rafferty called "Mr. Universe." This next one kind of sort of fits the theme, but I just want to play this song because it's such a cool song and I've been looking for an excuse to play it on the podcast. This is the 1974 single. It was released by Philips Records, credited to a group called Scorched Earth, but it was really just like a studio creation. And the singer on the record is a young, pre-fame Billy Ocean, who would soon deliver massive hits like Caribbean Queen and Get Out of My Dreams, Get Into My Car. So... Does Billy Ocean count as soft rock? I say yeah, and anyways, no matter, check out this song. It's called On the Run by Scorched Earth.
Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain here. You caught me just finishing up some editing on Getting Real with John and Beth. I want to share my first experience with Factor Meals for you. I think you'll find this interesting because I bet the same thing happens to you. I had just received my first shipment from Factor Meals the other day, and I was excited to try one of the prepared restaurant-quality meals for myself. Anyway, I was working away and noticed it was very late, and it was my night to make dinner. I jumped up and headed to the kitchen, went to grab the ingredients for the dish I was going to make, and realized I was missing a prime ingredient. Well, I could make a run to the store, or I could make one of my new factor meals. <laughs> Actually, the choice was easy. I grabbed a cavatappi, an Italian-style pork ragu with garlic broccoli, heated the oven per instructions, and minutes later was enjoying a very delicious, nutritious, and dietitian approved meal. It really was everything factor meals said it would be. No prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. Take it from me and head to factormeals.com slash pantheon50 and use the code Pantheon50 to get 50% off. That's factormeals.com slash Pantheon50 and use the code Pantheon50 to get 50% off. Hey Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain again with something every podcast listener and music junkie needs to hear. As I'm sure you can guess, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I also listen to a lot of music, so having high-quality headphones and earbuds are absolutely critical to my day. Oh, and I have numerous pairs. In fact, I have a junk drawer of used devices that have bitten the dust, so I've tried them all. Recently, I was sent a pair of earbuds by Raycon, and the first thing I noticed was the cost. Uh, looks like their products are about half the price of other premium brands. Okay, that's cool. And the reviews seem pretty stellar. Okay, checks that box. So I got my Raycon Everyday Earbuds, a nice packaging to open, and what I immediately noticed were the pack of ear tips for sizing. Uh, I'll tell you, I have small ear canals. Uh, I know, a flaw. So to see choices for the best fit, uh, especially while exercising, <laughs> oh yeah. And yes, they were immediately comfortable. Sound quality was great too. Plus I have three EQ options that I love because I like more bass in my music and less in the podcasts. Eight hours of playtime for the battery is great as well. Surround sound, noise canceling, and awareness mode all included. I think I'm in business, and I just realized I've had them in all day. Like I said, super comfortable. Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Paul and Oates are definitely considered soft rock by many, uh, more for their 70s hits than the 80s hits, probably. But let's hear what might be the heaviest Hall and Oates song from their 1977 album Beauty on a Backstreet. This is a song by Hall and Oates called You Must Be Good for Something.
Ambrosia were a soft rock band out of L.A. They had five top 40 hits between 1975 and 1980. Not a favorite band of mine, but they had their moments. The question is, what is the heaviest Ambrosia song? Well, let's hear a song from their 1980 album. The album is called 180. This is a song by Ambrosia called Cryin' in the Rain. Toto are another band from L.A., and I'm going to kind of break the rules here because I'm not necessarily playing the heaviest Toto song, just my favorite Toto song. Honestly, I really don't care much for Toto, but I do like this song from their first self-titled album from 1978, a song called Manuela Run.
Little River Band come from Melbourne, Australia, and they've sold 30 million records worldwide. They formed in 1975 as a sort of a supergroup since they were all from prominent local bands. For example, the bass player was in Zoot with Rick Springfield. This is another band where I'm not a huge fan. Some of their stuff is all right, but the question we're posing here is what is the heaviest Little River Band song? I settled on a song from their 1979 album, First Under the Wire, called It's Not a Wonder. Christopher Cross is a singer songwriter from San Antonio, Texas, with three top ten hits Ride Like the Wind, Sailing, and Arthur's Theme, none of which do I ever wish to hear again in my lifetime. In fact, I might be a bigger fan of Chris Cross, the 90s hip hop teenagers famous for wearing their clothes backwards. Remember them? But anyways, what is the heaviest Christopher Cross song? I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's this one from his 1985 album Every Turn of the World. This is a song by Christopher Cross called I Hear You Call. I 
Andrew Gold is best known for his 1978 hit Thank You for Being a Friend, which ended up being the theme song for the television series Golden Girls. So that's his soft rock claim to fame. But Andrew Gold actually released some halfway decent songs on his four albums between 1975 and 1980. But, you know, the question is, what is the heaviest Andrew Gold song? And it has to be this one from his 1980 album Whirlwind. This is a song by Andrew Gold called Stranded on the Edge. Here's a question for you. What is the heaviest Kenny Loggins song? Interesting question, I suppose. Most of the Loggins and Messina stuff and also Kenny's solo stuff from the 70s, most of that stuff is very lightweight. Your Mama Don't Dance Rocks, I guess. Danger Zone, probably have to be Kenny Loggins' heaviest song. But I'm Free from Footloose is a very cool AOR track. I love I'm Alright and Mr. Knight, 
which are both on the Caddyshack soundtrack. But I'm going to play another of Kenny's more rocking, almost AOR songs from an 80s soundtrack. This one is from the soundtrack to an extremely misguided, disastrous movie called Caddyshack 2. Bad movie, but good song. This is Kenny Loggins and Nobody's Fool. Mario Speedwagon usually appear on these soft rock compilations with one, with one of their ballads. But as I'm sure you know, they actually have a lot of very heavy songs. So I'm just going to use this episode as an excuse to play my favorite Ario Speedwagon song. Definitely not a band that I've ever listened to very much, but this is a killer song from their 1979 album Nine Lives. This is Ario Speedwagon and Only the Strong Survive.
And now to play us out. What does that mean, to play us out? I don't know what that means, to play us out. What does that mean? To end the show? Yeah. I'm sure by now everybody knows that Michael Bolton wasn't always a soft rock balladeer, you know, elevator music with a mullet. He had a couple of solo albums in the mid-70s. Then he was in a 70s rock band with future Kiss guitarist Bruce Kulick called Blackjack. Not an incredibly heavy band, but definitely not indicative of, you know, his later adult contemporary material. He had two solo albums in the early 80s that were actually decent AOR records. In fact, I played a song from his second AOR album, Everybody's Crazy, the album was called. Played a song from that on the very first AOR AOK episode. Now let's hear a song from Michael Bolton's self-titled album from 1983. This is a song by Michael Bolton called Can't Hold On, Can't Let Go. Till next time.